Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, we are back this afternoon, uh, final hour here on a Wednesday. You know, and we're, I was listening to that spot uh, and, and for uh, Tortoise and the Hare, and I'm thinking, I found this story in the Duluth News Tribune today. I don't know if you saw it or not, but it, it talked about uh, things you need to know to keep your balance in the winter. And what they were talking about, balance, is so that you don't fall on the ice. And they show a picture of a guy in the story laying out on the ice. Obviously, he was a walker or a jogger or something. But you can just feel the pain of this guy laying there, probably landed right on his hip, right on his butt, or on a knee or something. And it's uh, it's actually a ma- part of a Mayo Clinic news network. Uh, the National Center for in- for Injury Prevention and Control says slips and falls are the leading cause of non-fatal injuries across all age groups except the age of 10 to 24. In other words, if you're 10 to 24, you're probably okay, even if you fall, because you're young, you can snap right back up. But when you get to be uh, our age, um, not so not so much. One in every five falls results in serious injuries, such as head trauma, broken bones. That's more than 800,000 people being hospitalized each year. And you know what this story talks about, Kenny? Well, first of all, they say, here's some ways for you to keep upright and steady. Keep your balance no matter what the weather they say use your arms. Arms are the greatest aid in, aid in maintaining your balance. Wear gloves. Start with your hands. Wear gloves. Gloves keep your hands warm and out of your pockets, which frees up your arms so you can extend them from your side to improve the ability to stay upright. But then as we get down into the story, listen to this. Winter, wear winter assistive devices with built-in grippers over your shoes or boots. And I'm thinking, man, this this uh, could could be a story for tortoise and hare right there. Or wear lace-up shoes that fit well and have deep-grooved, non-skid rubber treats. Uh, but mainly, the best thing is to wear the assisted devices that you can get at tortoise and hare fit right over your shoes. They have grippers on them, and that will keep you from slipping and falling and keep you out of this picture of this guy here. Um, well, anyway, you have a new name for TAPS, I believe. Yeah, Brad. We had a call into the radio station. Sarah up front uh, was kind enough to talk to Marty. And Marty nice. asked uh, if we would remember Ed Ely. Ed Ely. Ed Ely. 26 years in the Air Force, and again, this came from Sarah, and and all I'm going to suggest is that I didn't talk to Marty, so I I don't have firsthand uh, details on this. But Ed Ely, 26 years in the Air Force, B-52 bombers, gunner, something, B-52 aerial gunner, Okay, uh, avionics tech. He was 82 years old, so he wasn't a World War II veteran. So he was a World War II vet? Was not. No, no, no. At 82. At 82, he wouldn't have been. Oh, 82. No, he wouldn't have been. No, it probably was Korean War, maybe. I don't know. But uh, he passed away uh, January 22nd. So we'll remember Ed Ely for TAPS. 
this Friday a uh, Air Force veteran. Now, was he was he from Duluth or where I, was he I from? Didn't, Did I didn't say? talk to Marty. Didn't Mar- say. You know, okay. and, and I would suggest that go ahead and call the studio here and talk to me about these uh, these names for TAPS because yes. I like to get some details, and I think it's important yes. that we have those. And, and it, the studio line so here that's... is 218-722-0839. But, uh, yeah. Absolutely, seven two two zero eight three nine, and uh, just uh, you know, Kenny will answer the phone probably, and just tell him what you'd have. Uh, he may even ask you to come in and talk about the person if it's related to you, because uh, we feel we feel this way. Uh, I was in the service; I spent time in the service, and I have a deepest respect for anybody that wore the uniform of this country. And I know that Kenny does as well. He's been to many events where we've had uh, memorial services and stuff. So, you know what? We're going to do the best job we can remembering that person and thanking them for their loyalty to this country, to our to our service. And uh, so don't be ashamed or, or tim- intimidated at all in calling. And so that's the second one for this week, isn't it? Well, we're going to remember Dave Durenberger as well. We're going to mention Dave in right. that, the late uh, yep. congressman from, was he congressman? Yeah, he was a uh, congressman uh, from Minnesota. Or was he, uh, he was a I senator. I think he was yeah. a senator, was wasn't a senator, he? Senator yeah. Dave Durenberger. And he was a U.S. Army veteran. Uh, he served uh, 1956 to 63, so we'll certainly remember Dave Durenberger in there. And Brad, real quickly, I was on the um, the stream for the, uh, the text line. You can text us at 84454. Put in a keyword, WDSM, or WDSM, there I go, KDAL, and uh, that way we know it's coming to us. Or you can say Brad Bennett, it doesn't matter, or say my name, Kenny, it doesn't matter. But it says yeah. in this message, could you please ask Brad Bennett the name of the Greek restaurant he was speaking of in a previous broadcast? Oh, boy. How long ago was this? Well, I it was just a couple of days ago, and it was wasn't it like Greek City or something? Yes. Oh, the the, the one that we went to down here. Yeah. They, they want to know the. Okay. Yes, it was Greek City, uh, and they have uh, they have about four of them located in this general area. There's one down in Spring Hill on 50. There's one on Cortez Boulevard, uh, in a little shopping mall. Uh, but they all are basically the same thing. You, It's fairly fast food. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be a sit-down where you get all kinds of Greek food, but you can get the finest euros. Uh, you can get nice Greek salads, and you get a, a number of other meals uh, served to you relatively quick and very good and authentic. Greek cities. Yeah, yeah. Now they didn't they, they didn't have a Nick Patronus there for example, but they did have a couple of other, In fact, I'm I was very moved. I went there one day after a meeting with some veteran friends and went there with my wife. And the guy saw my shirt and had a shirt on, a purple heart shirt with the logo and he said, "Were you wounded?" And I said, my wife said, "Yes, he was." And so then the guy wanted to take a picture with me, and and it was kind of it was a little embarrassing, but it was very nice at the same well, time. You've embarrassed you embarrassed uh, a Gump Worsley. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Get out of here, kid. <laughs> Get out of here, kid. You don't give me an autograph when I'm when I'm eating here. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, folks. 
there's uh, some things going on down in there. You know, can I say this, Kenny, uh, without causing a turmoil here? Democrats are very vicious and very vindictive. Now, I say that because of stories like this. This morning, I'm going through getting things ready, and I notice a story coming out of the Twin Cities area. You remember, obviously, Dr. Scott Jensen. Dr. Scott Jensen ran against Governor Walls on the Republican ticket. He's a doctor. He's a licensed practicing doctor, practicing doctor. Well, guess what happened to Dr. Jensen after he lost the race and went back to his practice and started working? Dr. Scott Jensen is claiming that the office of Attorney General Keith Ellison is now involved in the fifth investigation of his medical license. Yeah. The family physician and former gubernatorial candidate announced Monday evening that he has received from the Attorney General's office a notice of conference requesting his presence before the Minnesota Board of Medical Practices Complaint Review Committee. Now, what are they complaining about? Did he have somebody that he didn't treat right or something? In an exploratory letter uh, dated January 25th, the Board of Medical Practices Executive Director Ruth Martinez wrote that the committee would be using representatives of the Office of the Attorney General as its legal representation during the meeting. So the Board of Medical Malpractice is going to use Keith Ellison and the Office of Attorney General as their legal representatives. A spokesperson for the Attorney General's office confirmed uh, to the news that it is it provides legal representatives to the Board of Medical Mal, Medical Practice as it does to more than a hundred other state agencies, boards, and commissions. This meeting is not a hearing but rather a form for the committee to have a face-to-face conversation with you about the concerns expressed in the notice, Martina's letter added. Jensen shared the announcement in a video post to his Twitter account to his Twitter account Monday evening. He slammed the state government's notice as raw politics and raw power. They are now using Keith Ellison and the Attorney General's office to take away my medical license if they can happen if it can happen to me it can happen to anyone jensen implied that since he is no longer a candidate for government an opportunity has arisen for descending voices to be crushed this is about punishment his fifth investigation started 15 months ago the entity The entirety of the 2022 campaign had no engagement, he said. What do you think happened in 2022? I think you probably know. If it can happen to me, it can happen to you. Jensen further stated, as far as he knows, none of the complaints against him were filed by patients. Drawing from the notice, he cited allegation grievance against a part of his curriculum vitra as well as his public skepticism of the mainstream COVID narrative and forced vaccines. So it was not a patient of his 
complaining about some treatment or lack of treatment that Dr. Jensen provided. It was strictly the governmental people in the state of Minnesota, Governor Walls, Governor Walls's health people, uh, complaining about his pup- public skepticism of the mainstream COVID narrative and forced vaccines. And a lot of us have those same skepticisms. In late 2021, the Board of Medical Practices asked Jensen to turn over his medical records of certain patients to whom he prescribed ivermectin to treat COVID. This is incredible, isn't it? It really is. It really is, Brad. Yeah. Um, I've got some news to share with you and your listeners. Uh, Let's start with this one first. Okay. Hello, is Joe Holm, uh, President Biden. Uh, President Biden's attorney says no documents with classified markings were found at the president's home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And uh, goes on to say that they searched the residence. The FBI did this morning as part of an ongoing classified documents investigation. The uh, lawyer for Biden said it was a planned search. So they rang the doorbell. Uh, that had the president's full support and cooperation. uh, And uh, the FBI previously searched the offices of the Penn-Biden Center after classified materials were found there. So everything's okay. Uh, President Biden can go on with his daily things, and he has no regrets, and uh, there's no there there. Isn't that amazing? I mean, just (laughs) when you think about it, they set it up ahead of time. He knows it's going to happen, so he has plenty of time to make sure all the shelves are cleaned off and he's dusted and everything is good. And they come in, not like they did at Merlago, but they just come in and ring the bell, like you said, and, hey, we're here to do that little investigation we talked about. And then they come out later the same day. Man, we found nothing. Now, well, did you expect to find something after it had been arranged ahead of time? Well, who's to say that he didn't stash them somewhere or put them in a fire out in the backyard and burn them? Well, you never know. The FBI's coming. Get those boxes. Take them out to the incinerator. No, I'm just thinking out loud. I don't pay any attention to that. Real quickly, Brad, the Fed has raised interest rates again, a unanimous decision by the Fed. What did they come up with? Uh, they came Was up it with a quarter? A, yeah, it's a quarter, 0.25. So interest rates are going up. They raised a quarter yep. percentage point, and uh, they're trying to get this inflation under control. Now, let's face it, inflation has eased somewhat, but it's still yes. high. Well, and that's that's what the story said this morning, Kenny, is that they figured they would come in a quarter of a percent because generally inflation has eased some so they they don't feel like they have to go in and slam a three quarters of a percent or a full percent. They think if they go down to a quarter, they can within a few months maybe get total control of this. There are parts of the uh, economy that are still way out of control. Some food prices are way out of control. Um, gas prices are going back up in most cases, but in some areas um, it, it's a little bit better. So. Uh, I guess we can feel a little little better off about some of these things. Anyway, we got to go to our first break here of hour number three. Uh, we'll come back. we got a lot more to get into when we come back. We'll sound off right here on 610 KDAL. Okay, let's put another couple of two, three minutes needle scratching, going rounding and rounding. 
I was born in Minnesota where the tall pines grow. Live my life in the land of the snow. Raised on the Susies and the Kettoos, it's true. And I learned how to chipo when I was only two. It's the Bobby, Bobby Arrow, king of the great Nordwoods. Yeah, 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 Bobby, Bobby Arrow, king of the great Nordwoods. Now people ask me why I talk this way. Are you really finished, Bobby, is what they say. To tell you the truth, I talk this way because... I'm not finished, but my English teacher was. It's oh, the there you go, Bobby. <laughs> He's not finished, but his English teacher was. That's why he speaks that way. Brad, this is the weekend, uh, fr- Saturday and Sunday, the Lusky Einen, the 85th annual at the Loon Lake Community Center in Palo, Minnesota. They're going to be getting together and uh, having a party. Uh, the things that they do up there, the Lusky Island nice. Festival. And, uh, yeah, Kelly's been uh, staying in touch with me. Uh, this is 85 years. This is one of the oldest uh, community uh, celebrations in the U.S. And I believe the Smithsonian does have uh, details there at the Smithsonian on it. And uh, so that's going on this weekend, uh, Saturday the 4th and Sunday the 5th. All right. How did now is this uh, is this where the la- the soap lady uh, is going to be involved? Yes, or was that a week? No, that's this coming week then. That's okay. this weekend. Yeah, Grandma's old fashioned bubbles. Uh, she got a hold of me and has been staying in touch with me. And uh, Jan and I are probably going to make it up there on Saturday. Oh, yeah, good. yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, they've got their breakfast and then they've got the Finnish stew that will be there as well, and then all the festivities. So yeah. Now, what's in a Finnish stew? Do you know it all? I mean, is it... Um, let's see. Uh, what did you shoot in the woods everything? today, Grandpa? Well, let's see. I got a couple <laughs> rabbits. I got some squirrels. And uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not I Finnish. <laughs> I, I, my, I have no Finn in my heritage on my mom or dad's side. At least none that I know of. It's never been a, a topic. But that's now, okay. Now, is this stew they're talking I, about? Is that the moyaka? Yes. That's it, Brad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm going to be finished for a day on Saturday and uh, go up there and have some fun. Of course, the big event, the big draw up there is the uh, big sliding hill that they have. And apparently they've uh, done something special this year where it's going to be a little faster, a little steeper, a little longer. I'm not sure. Did they put a little water down on it? I don't know. It's going to be a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, interesting. Well, listen, before we go to our CBS News, I want to bring you up to date on a couple of appointments that have been made around the area. Uh, and these are these are good for all of us, I think. First of all, in Wisconsin, Tom Tiffany, the great, the, uh, great uh, state representative from over there, a Congressman Tom Tiffany, has been appointed as the House Natural Resources Subcommittee Chairman. Uh, so that gives him some authority and a little bit of oversight over the uh, Subcommittee, Natural uh, Resources Subcommittee, and our own Congressman Pete Stauber, uh, his peers have uh, have appointed him as the uh, to the subcommittee chairman of the subcommittee on Energy and Mineral Resources. Boy, does that fit him to a T? And of course. He's still stinging from uh, Joe Biden's uh, ruling the other day by his uh, natural resources personnel that said there will be no mining in the 280-some thousand acres uh, boundary water area around for a long time. So 
we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, but uh, Joe Biden has uh, said we, we need the minerals that we have up in northern Minnesota. We need them for our computers, for for chips, for uh, our cell phones and screens and everything else. But we're not going to get them from Minnesota. We'd much rather have them dug out of the ground in sub-Saharan Africa someplace by children. Uh Kenny, I I have already done Sweden's. Oh, thank uh, you. I <laughs> sometimes these things get past me. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, I know, I know. That was where I was uh, telling people that uh, Valentine's Day is coming up, and they really better pay attention to it because uh, if they don't, that someone special in their life might uh, get their nose bent out of shape, and we don't want that to happen. Sweden, Sweden's a great place in Superior, Wisconsin. Anyway, we're going to uh, take our CBS News break. Uh, When we come back, I'm going to give you another thing that uh, Senator Ron Johnson has been involved in, and he's another guy that uh, when he tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And I'll tell you what he did when we come back after CBS News. KDAL time is 136. I've got 9 at the National Weather Service in Duluth. I've got 10, and these are about temperatures, 10 at Solon Springs, 11 at the uh, Superior Airport, uh, two harbors checks in, 10 above, and on the Iron Range, Eveleth, 9 above. And uh, we've been missing Ely for a while. Hopefully they can get that fixed. Uh, last check in Orr at the Orr Regional Airport, 7 above. And let's go to Wisconsin. Let's check out Hayward. Last check at Hayward was overcast and 12 above. The temperature in Ely is probably froze. <laughs> yeah, they've had issues with their uh, services up there. It's been uh, out of service since uh, the 26th of January, actually. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, Kelly well, from Kelly from uh, up there at Loon Lake, the Lusky Island Fest, she said you get an A-plus yes. on your mention of Moyaka. And I, pro- oh, I, I probably said it wrong, but she claims you said it right. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> hey, I know my Finnish Moyaka. <laughs> And we have Ron. I'm not sure. Ron's on the phone. I'm not sure what's in it, but I've eaten it Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because, Ron, uh, you claim to know what's in Moyaka. Yeah. Please, Ron. How are you doing, Brad? (laughs) Yeah, good. Good afternoon. Please tell us what's in it, but don't don't gross me out. (laughs) Well, I'll try not to, but um, when I was a kid, we would visit a Finnish family, um, and... They had kalamoyaka, and they called it fish head stew. And I've and heard that I, too. Yeah, I yeah. never tasted it, but it, they had the eyes were still in it. Oh, in, in the in the heads. So, so that's all I remember about it. But uh, <laughs> you uh, know. But, it's interesting it, you say it, that, Ron, because I have also heard it called fish head stew. Yeah, and if you close your eyes, I think you could eat it. But but I have a um, I have a quick reason. I finally found a reason why they should issue these these illegals driver's licenses. And the only good reason I can think of, oh, in fact, Massachusetts is passing theirs takes effect. July of this year, okay. and they call their they call theirs the Work and Family Mobility Act, and 
The reason I think Minnesota should do that is it will allow these illegals um, legal opportunity to go into the country, into the suburbs, into the little towns, and rape and pillage, and probably burn and kill. Because, <laughs> hey, they have nothing to lose. Um, and there's a lot more criminals than what you said they found in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Um, well, th- that was just the tip of the iceberg. And, and the only reason I brought that one up, bec- because that guy was on the national terrorist watch list. So, but yeah. but uh, but you're right, Ron. There are there are lots of criminals. They they arrested one, uh, I think, yesterday or the day before. I noticed that one coming across too, where the guy was a convicted murderer in like Venezuela or one of the uh, countries down south, and they stopped him at the border and uh, ran his record, found out he was a convicted murderer that was yeah. out. Uh, uh, either he escaped or he was out on uh, bail or something. We don't. We don't necessarily want those people in this country, do we? Really? I mean, come on. Well, we, they're here. I I did read an article that uh, Department of Homeland Security confirmed that Venezuela emptied their prisons and brought them to the border. I had I had heard that as well. It was a great way for them to cut their uh, their prison budgets and uh, turn them over to us. And uh, you know whether it's the whether it's that harsh or that that uh, that deep. I, I'm I read an editorial this morning in the Minneapolis paper where a, a guy had written a, a letter to the editor about these illegals. In fact, his name was uh, or her name was Pam Power. She's from Bloomington, Minnesota. And she said this. She said, I really hate the argument that because undocumented immigrants are already here and driving, we might as well make it legal by allowing them to get a driver's license. First, they came here illegally. Then they drive illegally and work illegally. Who really thinks that... uh, once we give them a license, they're going to pay for insurance if they get a driver's license. See, that was the assumption is that if we give them a license, they'll have to have insurance because in Minnesota, they have to have an insur- they have to have insurance to drive. Well, but do they? Or do they just can just drive now that they got the license? They're going to drive anyway. Are we going to not give them the license unless they get insurance ahead of time? That's not the way it works. So I think Pam is right. I I don't. If these people have broken the law already, coming here illegally, and they drive illegally, and they work illegally, what makes you believe that they're going to drive legally? It it just doesn't make any sense. But you know, and how many are there in the state of Minnesota? Well, according to the records from the Depart- from the Minnesota License Bureau. We're talking about 77,000 illegal aliens that could be driving in Minnesota. The Democrats in Minnesota are moving forward to get a plan to driver's licenses to potentially 77,000 eligible illegal aliens. On Monday, the Democratic-controlled Minnesota State House passed a bill that will eliminate the legal residency requirement 
for obtaining a driver's license. I wonder if that'll eliminate it for all of us or just for illegal aliens. Hmm. Now the bill heads to the state Senate where Democrats hold a 34 seat and Republicans hold 33 seats. Already Democratic Governor Tim Walz has said he will sign the bill if it reaches his desk. Of course he will. <laughs> you know, he's he's a Democrat. Specifically, the bill would reverse a 20-year-old law across Minnesota that requires those seeking a driver's license to be either a legal resident or an American citizen. Governor Tim Pawlenty signed that into law the last time we had a Republican governor. The open border lobby, with the help of elected Democrats, has made securing driver's licenses for illegal aliens a key fixture of their agenda to eliminate privileges meant solely for American citizens and legal immigrants. Well, let's see, what's another privilege held only for American citizens or legal immigrants? Uh, Voting? Could that be next on the agenda? In California, one of the first states to pass such a law, more than a million illegal aliens have been allowed to secure driver's licenses since 2015. Put another way, nearly 40% of California's illegal alien population now has a driver's license, 40%. The other 60% probably still driving without one. Driver's licenses for illegal aliens are virtual for the open border lobby because often when illegal aliens are pulled over by police, driving without a driver's license is the first criminal charge that can be that can put them in immigration and customs enforcement, ICE custody for arrest and deportation. In fiscal year 2022, illegal aliens with more than 17,500 drunk driving conditions, convictions, Let me read that again. In fiscal year 2022, illegal aliens with more than 17,500 drunk driving convictions were arrested by ICE agents throughout the United States. Illegal aliens with more than 8,700 drunk driving charges against them were also arrested by ICE agents in the same time period. So, doesn't make doesn't make them good drivers doesn't make them legal well they are legal drivers cuz they then have a driver's license but it certainly doesn't stop them from doing things like driving intoxicated as you saw 17,000 of them continued to do it we're going to go to this break and when we come back I want to just give you a piece of information on uh, legislation that that uh, Senator Ron Johnson is trying to pass and it's about time it's well over time so we'll get back right after this break. KDAL time is 156 the final moments of the final hour of sound off on the first day of the month of February. Of February, first yeah. day of February. I'd like to just paraphrase what that one ad that we just went through where they said the kids will listen to you. They will. You've got to, as a parent, take the responsibility to tell your kids what is acceptable and what isn't. If you tell them that, look, you can't be drinking and driving a car, 
you might think they're not paying attention, but it does make a difference. I know it did with me when my grandparents harped on that for so many years. Listen, the last thing I want to tell you about is uh, Senator Ron Johnson. I, I talked to him a number of times, and uh, I told him, I said, you know, uh, Ron, this concealed carry reciprocity thing is a big deal. Uh, a person that has a concealed carry permit in one state should not have to worry about whether it's legal, illegal in another state. Uh, and they have uh, put a, a bill forward. Forty uh, Republican uh, legislators, congressmen, have put together and senators have put together the Constitutional Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act. What it will do is it will allow it will allow law-abiding concealed carry holders in any state to carry in any state in the union, but they have to live uh, by the laws of that particular state. In other words, um, it allows law-abiding citizens to exercise their fundamental right to self-defense while they travel or temporarily live away from home. It allows individuals with concealed carry privileges in their home state to attend carry in it, to carry in any other state that allows concealed carry and treat state-issued concealed carry permits like a driver's license where an individual can use their home state license to drive in another state but must abide by that other state's speed limits and, and road laws. In other words, if they have uh, certain laws about concealed carry in a state you're driving through, you have to live within those laws, but it'll allow you to carry without concerns that, oh boy, if I get stopped, am I living within the confines of the laws? You just don't know. But uh, but this this is way past time that a bill like this was passed, and I certainly hope it makes it through. Uh, they've certainly got enough co-sponsors on it, 40 different co-sponsors. Listen. When we come back tomorrow, we've got so many other things to go on. Uh, we will be telling you about the meeting between uh, House Speaker McCarthy and uh, President Joe Biden, where they're talking about the debt ceiling limit. Uh, we'll find out how that meeting went down and whether we're going to have a real tug of war or not. Uh, so stay tuned to that when we come back tomorrow as well. But you've been listening to Sound Off here on 610 KDAL. And uh, we invite you to tune in every weekday from 11 to 2 right here on 610 KDAL.